Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you on this Sunday morning. Happy New Year. We are pleased to be joined by Diganto Chatterjee, Eversource Vice President for System Planning, and Professor Manos Anagnastu, Director of Eversource Energy Center at UConn. They recently announced that they are continuing their partnership with the Energy Center. The utility has committed $14 million for the program into 2028. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Aaron. Happy New Year. Good morning and Happy New Year for me, too. This partnership has been in existence for a while and it certainly has provided some some good information leading up to storms that Connecticut and the the region really have experienced tell us how it began and it's based on five pillars i understand yes uh, this is Manos and Agnostu. our energy center at Yukon was established in direct response to governor malloy's two storm panel report which was in the aftermath of uh, Hurricane Irene and Sandy back in 2011-12. Uh, the panel explicitly recommended the creation of an interdisciplinary type of center uh, in Connecticut that would address uh, research to improve storm hazard mitigation and power system resiliency. So that was eventually became the Eversource Energy Center, whose mission is to enhance energy infrastructure resilience and ensure the delivery of reliable bar power and and promote eventually economic growth throughout not only Connecticut, but the entire New England area. Professor, what benefit does, does this provide to the, the university? There are several levels of um, engagement. As a matter of fact, the, the, the more direct benefit is the establishment of uh, educational programs. So we are supporting uh, several graduate students who are doing their PhD and master's uh, work uh, through the center. But I would say even more importantly, uh, we're looking at the base, is the uh, engagement of undergraduate students. So far, we have supported more than 30 undergraduate students in various research topics, including underrepresented minority students. We have a, a program that's currently running uh, and targeting in enhancing the engagement of uh, underrepresented minority undergraduates in research, and, 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 and also, of course, allowing our faculty to work together, to work in an interdisciplinary fashion that would 
number one, enhance their research capabilities, uh, and, and, and number two, obviously, uh, allowing them to broaden the, their partnership and, and, and collaboration across uh, the university and across uh, other universities as well. Now, Digantu, tell us what benefits Eversource reaps from this, and is this a unique partnership? Is this something that other utilities around the country have come up with, or is, is this unique to Connecticut? I think this is very unique. I actually am not aware of um, uh, any utility that actively partners with uh, an academic institution and uh, invests in not just you know research for the sake of academic research, but really for the sake of making tools that are used in real-time operational decision-making, uh, this, is, this is very unique. And, 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 and this is the reason why uh, sort of middle of 2021, we kind of sat down and, and uh, kind of tried to understand how are we going to really take advantage of this research organization for the next five, 10 years? And that's why we developed the five pillars to kind of guide research for tomorrow, tomorrow's generation to really help Eversource and its customers for the next decade. You crunch the numbers as storms move in. You've produced deliverables that provide a a pretty accurate picture of what power outages might look like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the emblem of uh, what this partnership uh, has yielded, right? So just for context, uh, today, uh, when when we have a storm coming in into the state, about two to three days prior to the storm hitting us, we're able to use Yukon's um, outage prediction model to figure out how many outages are we going to see. And as you can imagine, that's, that's critical for us because we take that data, feed it into our internal models, and, and try to assess how long is it going to take us to restore power for our customers. And then we run a few iterations based on how many crews do we need. And that decision-making is critical because then we can go fetch those crews uh, and actively start working on acquiring those crews. And then as the storm gets closer, uh, we're able to get Yukon to produce how many outages are we going to see at an individual town level? So as the crews are coming into the state, we can start to work on where to dispatch these crews based on how many outages are we going to see at a circuit level. That, that's the kind of work we've been doing with UConn. It's, it's tremendous value for us. Professor Anagnostu, with UConn's role as a, a land-grant institution that has been involved in forestry for a long time, is this a, a pretty good fit in terms of the, you know, how forested a state Connecticut is? I think it's a critical fit. I think that the work around vegetation management to prevent um, damage to electrical systems ahead of storms um, has included explorations of um, multiple of our expertise, including the remote sensing expertise, forest science, that has produced. Um, you know, ideas and tools for sustainable and storm-resistant forest designs uh, based on understanding and predicting how trees move in the wind. So uh, as a matter of fact, accounting also for for our outreach program and social science program within 
um, within within environmental science and engineering. We we are actually exploring how uh, the right tree, right place planting approach for minimizing tree and tree and power line damage can be promoted to society. Um, people from the natural resource and the environment and, and researchers and faculty are supporting local uh, wood industry and educating residents through community seminars, uh, talks about trees and forest management. And they are actually have established the signature education program and outreach program that's called Stormwise. Uh, this is becoming a nationally known uh, initiative that other universities are actually uh, trying to develop and they are partnering with Yukon in that, in that idea, in that respect. On the outage piece, does the technology continue to improve? Are, are you changing your models based on past predictions and what actually happened to make future predictions even better? Absolutely. We're, we're becoming constantly smarter. Uh, this is an artificial intelligence-based approach. We, don't, we cannot build mechanistic models like we do in other cases, like uh, building mechanistic models for infrastructure damages or infrastructure resilience. In this case, we're talking about trees. We're talking about nature. Nature has multiple dimensions that cannot fully uh, in incorporate it in a physical, full mechanistic approach. So we're building uh, semi-statistical or machine learning-based approaches that allows big data analytics to, to kick in and help with the prediction. This is a 10-year effort, I should say. We started back in 2011, 2012, after the two storms. And, and since then, we've been constantly improving and, and expanding the, the model architecture, uh, learning through um, you know, new storms and, and, and including new parameters, uh, all around the, the idea of creating the most comprehensive, pretty much actually a thing in the country is the most comprehensive model that exists that can capture all types of weather, not just, let's say, the most extremes, but also the more frequent winter events, nor'easters, thunderstorms, even events that are very rare and very difficult to predict, like compound heavy heavy rainstorms with winds, uh, bomb cyclones, etc. So these are these are all challenges that go that combine both weather forecasting uh, uncertainties and forecasting uh, uh, improvement needs, but also the machine learning part, which is basically how the weather interacts with trees and infrastructure to eventually lead to the damages and the outages that we see. Diganto, talk a little about how this partnership plays into Eversource's planning for a changing climate. Climate change is, is real, and um, some of the research that UConn has produced, um, you know, it, while it's very good, it's also alarming because um, Professor Anagnostu just mentioned, you know, we had, of course, Alfred, we had Irene, we had Sandy, we had Isaias. If you think about these storms, uh, catastrophic in nature, they all happened within a 10-year time frame, right? And, and the research that UConn is now doing is pointing to more frequency of these very high-intensity storms within a 10-year period. So why this is really important for us, right? In these very catastrophic large storms, of course, we have a lot of outages. And, and so one way to fix this, of course, is to have a lot of crews staged, uh, prepped on time, 
uh, materials, all of that uh, is, is a tremendous amount of cost to our customers. The other way, of course, is to build the infrastructure uh, that is much more hardened for these severe storms. And of course, these investments would last on the system for 30, 40 years. So that's why I think this climate change research and Yukon's um, significant database of, of storms really helps us kind of almost kind of roll a dice and, and run these simulations looking out from here on to the next 10 years. What does that next 10 years look like? And then we can test out different kinds of infrastructure plans, including tree uh, vegetation management, but also undergrounding, also a number of different infrastructure plan changes that we're looking at. We can almost test these scenarios out with future simulated storms and understand what is the value that we're gonna get. Uh, we, when I say we, our customers are really going to get from that additional infrastructure investment. Uh, that's where the partnership really helps us kind of look at the future value of future investments in a, in a much more scientific uh, way. He is Deganto Chatterjee, Eversource Vice President for System Planning, joined by Professor Manos and Agnostu, Director of the Eversource Energy Center at UConn. They have extended their partnership into 2028, committing $14 million more from the utility to, to keep it going. Talk a, a little more about how this is going to be enhanced with this renewed agreement. Yeah, so, you know, we, uh, we all suffer from, you know, recency bias, right? We, we have storms right now, and we're reacting to that. That's great. And resiliency will and continue to be a big focus area for us. But if you look out in the future, our system, the electric grid, is really going through a transformation. We're replacing fossil fuel generation with clean energy resources, most of which, as you know, are intermittent. You know, they, they depend on weather, they depend on the sun, they depend on wind. Uh, and so, Having a system where you primarily rely on these intermittent resources to supply power to our load, to our customers, that really is transformational because you've got to now think of not just, you know, how much natural gas supply do you have, but you, you've got to have a really good understanding of tomorrow's weather. What does the wind speed look like at every hour of tomorrow? Uh, what does the solar uh, you know, look like in different towns and what is the net effect of cloud cover tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m. and what does that look like at 6 p.m.? So really understanding weather and its impact not only on the grid but on the supply side becomes really important. So having those tools uh, be built today so that we are better prepared for reliability uh, over the next 10 years uh, is really important. Uh, and that's just one of the five pillars, right? Resiliency, reliability, uh, renewable integration, having all of these tiny intermittent uh, solar farms that are all over our state act as if one large or multiple large power plants uh, in an aggregated manner, 
that's also equally important. Being able to pilot some of these uh, through this partnership uh, is really helpful. And then uh, cybersecurity. This is one area that is not really thought of as really important, but if you have a lot of these intermittent generators that are connected all over our distribution system, being able to assess their cybersecurity uh, threats, their vulnerabilities, and then being able to make sure that our distribution system can be um, safe uh, and reliable in this you know, futuristic world, that's really important. And, and finally, uh, and, and Professor Anagnosto mentioned this, you know, what better way to have this transformation in our industry be propelled by undergraduate research uh, from, uh, you know, minorities and uh, promoting diversity and inclusion through this undergraduate research and then being able to, frankly, selfishly hire those uh, really talented individuals uh, to work, to come work for Eversource as they uh, complete their research. Uh, it, it it makes me very happy to to be able to have a part in that. Now you mentioned solar farms, but also coming down the pike is offshore wind. Professor Adagnostu, talk a little about how you are going to be able to to assist with forecasting wind offshore, so we know how much power is going to be generated. And do the characteristics of the geography make things different in New England than, say, opposed? to Europe where there's more offshore wind. Absolutely, it does. And so we need localized uh, understanding or local understanding of how um, we can improve the predictability at a very fine temporal scale of the, of the wind and eventually the energy generation. So we do know that nor- the Northeast Atlantic cluster, which is kind of Southern New England, uh, is expected to grow tremendously. We are we're hearing projections up to, uh, I would say, 20 gigawatt of uh, installed capacity uh, in the in the next 15 years, right? But the, the question of the offshore uh, wind farm industry is how we can fully realize this energy and environmental benefits um, by minimizing the cost and technical risks of those offshore wind energy projects. So we are our research tailors. In, in that in that area by basically investing uh, on novel oceanic and remote sensing observations, measuring both uh, sea surface and atmospheric near near surface atmospheric fireballs, and then eventually bringing in our state of the art models on flows and, and winds and turbulence of the boundary layer to improve the fidelity of those wind resource characterizations and eventually uh, improve the forecasting that Nicando mentioned earlier uh, under operating conditions. But also one unique element of our center is that we are trying to integrate the atmospheric, let's say environmental science that comes from the resource characterization forecasting with the power system engineering to optimize the wind power integration in the grid. So that's unique in the country and I think uh, that uh, next pillars that we're actually developing now for the next 10 years would, would make that integration seamless. I'm curious if this partnership is going to yield results that could improve weather forecasting overall. 
It could. We do have researchers in the in the center who are actually focusing explicitly on weather forecasting. This is, of course, not the only or probably is not the primary focus of the center research, but we do fund research on weather forecasting. And more importantly, I should, I should mention here that the center is collaborating with National Weather Service and NOAA. As a matter of fact, we do have a close uh, interaction with NOAA on um, evaluating uh, certain weather forecast products and potentially integrating some of those products in our outage prediction modeling. Obviously, this can happen also with uh, wind farm and, and offshore wind uh, predictions. And furthermore, our research would actually develop tools and potentially uh, predictive uh, models that would improve the predictability of some of the currently unpredictable variables like wind gust and, and surface conditions that are very critical for, for damages and, and obviously for wind energy generation. Diganto, is the technology improving to store energy that's generated when, say, it's, it's sunny out so that can be used when the sun is down? Yeah, uh, there's there's obviously quite a few um, you know battery storage technologies out there already, um, but it, it is it is very very important. You can see how forecasting becomes a very important piece of that puzzle because it it's not just helpful to have a lithium ion battery uh, be able to store power for say a four hour or six hour duration. It's, it's just as or probably more important to understand where to locate that battery storage so that our grid can actually uh, reliably integrate some of this offshore wind or solar farms uh, or uh, even hydro, uh, reliably dispatching it at the right time uh, so that uh, frequency of the grid is maintained and, and, and uh, we most you know, we kind of maximize the usage of renewable generation. So yes, I, I think today we know lithium ion batteries, there's some new technologies coming in, flow batteries uh, that could help us because they are longer duration batteries. Um, the future is is going to keep iterating on new technologies so that it fills that void of reliability to the extent created by retirement of fossil fuel generation. Earlier, you mentioned the possibility of undergrounding more lines. What are the, the conditions that, that make that something that would be beneficial? Yeah, so if, you know, if we're in a, in a place, in a neighborhood, let's say in a town that is just heavily forested, and as we know, there's plenty of towns in Connecticut like that, and you've got long distances uh, that are exposed to a lot of tree cover. Those are areas where you've got heavy tree exposure and a lot of customers uh, in, in those towns or at the end of those circuits uh, that would uh, have very high exposure for long duration outages, large trees coming down and taking out poles, the restoration time really starts to look very, very uh, long and also expensive. So, so we're looking at areas on our system where combination of restoration time, restoration cost, 
other alternatives such as aerial cables or just plain old reconductoring or putting in bigger poles those costs really have to be looked at at a at a you know at a level playing field and and look out 10 years maybe that undergrounding doesn't really make sense if you just look at a year two years of storms but this is why that research of looking out 10 years and looking at that frequency and intensity of storms really helps us kind of see things clearer uh, maybe undergrounding starts to make sense in a lot of those areas if you if you consider those higher frequency and intensity of storms in heavily treed areas uh, so that's the kind of work we're doing right now uh, first quarter of this year will be uh, will be coming out with our uh, resiliency plan uh, so much more to come on that He is Deganto Chatterjee, Eversource Vice President for System Planning, joined by Professor Manos Aragnastu, Director of the Eversource Energy Center at UConn. Thank you both so much for joining us this morning. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Thank you as well. Thank you for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance for your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing, no hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com. blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.